Hey, and welcome to Parkview on the Spot. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors at Parkview, and I am joined by my good friend, Chad. How are you, Chad? Dude, I'm doing so good. I am so thrilled that we get to be here today, uh, here on location at a pretty amazing spot. Where are we? We're at Misty Falls Brewery, bro. Misty Falls Brewery. Yeah. In our buddy Vince's garage. Yeah. But it's still a brewery. It's wonderful. And you can show up. You can show up to his house anytime. Just call ahead. He'll have your order ready. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Just kidding. Do not do that. Do yeah, not do and, that. And we've got a great conversation today. Again. Oh, man. It is so awesome. Um, our friend Braden Looper, two-time World Series champ, is joining us today. He's going to talk about baseball and faith. and it, yeah. He's just got a great testimony about how God's worked in his life. Yeah, it's, it. it's going to be really good. I'm excited for it. But before we jump into that, I, the moment is here. I, I get to put you on the spot. The moment is yeah, here. I'm excited about this moment. This, I look forward to this every day. I so know you so do. Here, here's my question for you. Ready? Did you ever do a sport and then stop because you weren't very good at it? <laughs> yes. Most sports. <laughs> Maybe every sport. Every sport. As a child. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I loved basketball. I still love basketball, but okay. I was never really good at it. So I tried out my freshman year of high school. Obviously didn't make the team, but you know, like my parents taught me, it's better to have fun than to win, right? So I had fun, uh, but I decided to go from basketball to wrestling. So I wrestled in high school, my senior year. Amazing. I was 130 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was scrawny, man. I was real scrawny. Anyway, can I put you on the spot? That's more yeah, information yeah, than you yeah, wanted yeah. to know. Sure, go for um, it. Hey, um, I know you're from the South and you're you know, big in a Bass Pro Shop and all that good stuff. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever killed and cooked? Killed and cooked. Yeah. Not cooked, but killed first. Yeah, you have to kill it first. The weirdest thing? Yeah. Well, I was going to say like crawfish because that's pretty good, especially in the South. Crawfish is good, but I, I, I'm going to have to go with like squirrel or rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I grew so, up, man. So, so you <clears throat> like do the whole skinning thing? Yeah, and, man. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. And your kids aren't traumatized? Dude, go talk to a butcher. It's pretty normal. But here's the deal. Like I grew up, my grandmother cooked squirrel stew. I, I just grew up around it, so. All right, all right, whatever. Rabbits the whole bit. Whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, that is way more information than anybody <laughs> wanted to know about you it's and okay, I right bro. now. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy the interview with Brayden Looper. Brayden, how are you? Good. How are you? I am. <laughs> I am wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Glad you're here. Thanks, um, guys. Thanks. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about uh, baseball cards and collecting them and. Um, what I just want to know what it's like to actually have a baseball card with your picture on it. How would you describe the feeling? That's actually, you know, not very many people ask me that. It's a pretty good question. Um, <clears throat> you know, I went back home. Uh, it's actually about a year and a half ago for a... Uh, I had donated... You know, it was irrelevant, basically. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, good stuff. With your you guys are content. not important enough to this know why great. he made this trip. <laughs> but the story's good. I, I told the story. I go, you know, one of the coolest memories I have is the first baseball card I had. And what I remember is I was born in a town called Weatherford. And um, where is Weatherford? It's um, it's 50 miles south, southwest Oklahoma. It's where I'm from. But okay. my mom was in college and um, I was born there. But I was actually I mean, I lived my whole entire life in Mangum. Um, I mean, I moved there when I was maybe one and, you know, lived there till I was, till I left high school, basically. Um, my first baseball card had Weatherford on the back of it. So it was like a big deal to me because I wanted to get my hometown name on the back yeah. of your card. That's what I remember about it. So that was really cool. Uh, you know, when I got that first card, that's pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, can I, can I ask you some baseball questions that 
you know, guys like Chad and I just like to ask. Sure. Is yeah. that okay? Oh, yeah. Chad, do you mind? <laughs> so, I, you know, I was a baseball player, and I had some people that I, as a pitcher, loved to try to brush off the plate. Mm. Yeah. Any, anybody that you wish you would have brushed off a little bit more intentionally than you did? Well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't like... I have some people I probably should have brushed off. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. Too, who, you know? who are those people? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first that comes to mind, I really had, you know, really one main guy, Ryan Howard. I don't know if you guys remember that name. First baseman for the Phillies for he had many a soul years. patch. I remember his soul he's a left hander. He was left hander. He's yeah. from St. Louis, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he just so he was just a tough out for me in the way I threw and the way I pitched, and I think. You'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's something like eight for 13 with like six homers. Him against you. Off yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we invited him to the interview yeah. today. Yeah. He probably would have come. He would have felt comfortable for sure. <laughs> superior. So yeah, I probably should have hit him a couple yeah, times. You probably should have. Yeah, or walked him yeah. quite who, a few who, more times who, than you did. Who did you like to face? Believe it or not, you know, there's some, you know, those are the kind of things that stick out. Yeah. You know, um, for a big majority of my career early, I was uh, I owned Mike Piazza, who's a Hall of Famer. No kidding. So, you know, Catch it for the Mets, man. Yeah, yeah. right-handed hitter, yeah. and I would come in the game every – I played in Florida for my first five years, and the Mets were in our division. So, you know, you play him 19 times a year. So you, 19 times five, what is that? That's 95. I don't do math. 95 times Yeah. in five years. I bet you I faced him over half those games. Mm. So, um, you know, and broke his bat a lot, and I don't – he awesome. Funny story with that is, I think he was like 0 for 15 off of me, and um, I broke his bat. I don't know how many times, which is always fun as a yeah. pitcher, you know. <laughs> and but I'd always pounded him inside, you know, just everything inside, just crushing him in. And then you know, the last, the time he got the hit, I finally thought, you know what, man, I should probably go away. And first pitch, he I mean, be double it. off the wall. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh, that was stupid. You know? Do you remember the pitch? Oh, it's fastball. Oh, fastball you know, outside. Fastball yeah. away. I thought, yeah. oh, he's, you know, he's going to be looking in. He's going to be cheating in, and I'll go away. And he just hammered it right center off the wall. Yeah. The Did first you? the first curveball I ever saw, I fell to the ground, and yeah. I quit baseball. <clears throat> and you ran away. I, I quit baseball. <laughs> that was it. I was done once yeah, I saw yeah, a curveball. Yeah, yeah. What was your uh, What was your favorite pitch to throw, Braden? Well, it's, you know, coming up, I was uh, primarily a sinker baller. Um, okay. I mean, I threw hards. And then, and I, not until I got older did I really – have to kind of as I got older and started losing velocity I kind of started reinventing myself and I went to a split and a cutter I mean I threw a lot of fastballs still I still threw overwhelming majority of fastballs but uh what what was your fastest recorded fastball I think it's about 102 unbelievable man that's (laughs) amazing the amount of seagulls you could kill yes. with 102 (laughs) miles per hour fastball um (laughs) hey describe you were in two world series correct yeah and you won two World Series. Two for two. Two for two, baby. Man, not many people can say that. No. Uh, for our listeners and for Chad and I who are living vicariously through people like you, uh, describe to us what it was like being in the World Series. Did your team have any weird superstitions? What was it like in the clubhouse? Put us there. There's not any... I mean, baseball's not like hockey where you see the beards and all that jazz, but, um, you know, I mean, there's little superstitions. You know, guys will... 
you know, get dressed the same way every day. Or, you know, I call them routines, you know, because baseball's so different than other sports. You play mm-hmm. every day. I it's mean, very it's habitual. Yeah. Every yeah. single day. So it, some people say they're superstitions, but it's like it, you just try to keep your routine consistent because then you kind of know what to expect. You know, it's like me saying, you know, the fifth inning of every game when I was relieving, I'd get up and do this. It's sure. not superstition. It's because, you know, the game's getting closer towards the end and, and my time's coming and I'm just starting to get, you know, there's just, th- you know, you go to the bathroom. Sounds weird, right? For some reason, I had to go number two about that time every day. So. <laughs> not weird. <laughs> we've and, all, and we've, we've arrived. We've all number two, Britton. <laughs> <laughs> you were the first person on this podcast to yes, talk about number two. That's amazing. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So you, were, you had, you know ways that you went about your game every day. Uh, did you find that certain habits like helped you from day to day? Again, routine. Yeah. You know, you, you find... It, so the question about the World Series is it's so big that um, you just got to kind of keep it smaller, right? Like your routine is much smaller. But if yeah. you're thinking about, oh my gosh, the World Series and, you know... This, there's a, millions and millions of people Start watching. Start getting in your own head. Yeah, you, so it's kind of like that's why the routine was so important for me. It was just kind of, you know, let me do this one little simple thing. And I had the same routine and the same pitches I threw in the bullpen. Yeah. When I go out to the mound, you know, the same warm-up pitches every time. Just because it's kind of you get into a comfort zone. And otherwise, your brain just runs. It's like a hamster on a wheel, you know. And it's sure. just like you just got to find a way to keep yourself in the moment. How'd you do with it? I mean, where, where, did you find success in keeping it smaller? I think it's the only way. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, he has I, two World Series yeah. rings, Chad. This yeah. is true. I lasted a while too. I mean, eleven or twelve years. So, I mean, I just—it's just as hard, right? The game, baseball's hard game, it really is. It's, it looks easy when you watch it on TV, but I agree. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like like the daily grind of it. It's just that you play every day. I mean, one hundred sixty-two games, one hundred seventy days. You only get eight days off. Um, it's not easy. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, what was your biggest <clears throat> moment as a baseball player? Yeah, you know, that, um, that's pretty easy. I mean, I had a lot of really cool things happen in my career. You know, I mean, I went to the College World Series in college when I played at Wichita State. Yeah. Um, we didn't win it. And then I went straight from there, was on Team USA, pitched in the Olympics in 96. That was cool. That's great. Um, opening ceremonies is pretty cool there. But was that the same year that Ali lit the torch? Is that 96? It was. It oh, was. Man, yeah. Cool. yeah, I was pretty close. I walked into that stadium with Carl Lewis. That was pretty cool. Holy cow. So, um, that dude was fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was, you know, a lot of really cool things. But baseball-wise, yeah. you know, in, in 2003, um, we were in the World Series. Um, we were down two games to one. And um, I, it's, there's a lot that leads up to it, and we're kind of short on time. But essentially, I'd had it's a okay. really good year. And I was the closer, and they threw me like six days in a row in September, which is a lot if you follow baseball. And, yeah. and I kind of burned out. And they're like, "We're going to give you a week, or t- you know, a week off, kind of let you re- recoup." But we're in the playoff push, and another guy started pitching good. So I'm kind of sitting there going, "Okay, I've been doing this for five and a half months." And so the other guy got an opportunity. He pitched great, so we go in the playoffs, and he was kind of getting the main opportunity. Um, so we get to game four of the World Series, and I had gotten a save or two in the playoffs, but I wasn't the guy like I was accustomed to. So game four, uh, it's tie game, 11th inning. Against? The Yankees. Okay. Against the uh, Yankees. Yankees. And can we just talk Yankees. about the series before, ah. just really quick, for <laughs> everyone in Chicago yeah. land? Yeah. Can we just talk about who you beat? 
Okay, so that just for a second, that was the 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 story that most people know about the guy named Bartman. That was I was there for that. <laughs> um, he was there so, for Bartman. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. yeah. So that was exciting, and um, you know, people people the whole Bartman thing, but the, you know, the shortstop making the errors really what killed him. Well, sure. Yeah, so. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Bartman <laughs> appreciates that. Anyway, so back to the next series, the yeah. World Series. So, you know, a funny story about that is um, we're, we just won. We were in Chicago, and uh, we had just won. And um, the, next, the next day, the American League Championship Series Game 7 was going on. That was, and um, so we, you know, we did our little celebratory thing in Chicago that night. Next day, we get on the bus, and we know what time to get. I think it was an afternoon game. So... We're on a bus outside of, I think it was Midway, and we're, they had the game on the TVs, and we're watching the game to see because it depended on who win where we went. Gotcha. And, um, so if, we, if Boston won, we had to go to Boston. If the Yankees won, we went to New York. So we're watching the game, and that's the game, if you guys remember, Aaron Boone hit the walk-off home oh, in yeah. Game 7 against uh-huh. Tim Wakefield. So that's kind of where my story starts is because in the series in Game 4, it's 11th inning. It's bases loaded, one out. Mariano Rivera's warming up in the Yankees bullpen, and Aaron Boone's coming up to the plate. So I'm sweating. Uh, I'm sweating. I know. Yeah. I'm already nervous. About yeah. It. So yeah. Uh, as he's walking up, the manager goes out and brings me in the game. And you know, of course, oh, my yeah. mind is <laughs> I can't really say on this Parkview Christian <clears throat> Church uh, <laughs> podcast. Just edit my, the thing <laughs> out, Brady. You say whatever you want. But I'm thinking, you know. Oh crap! Yeah, you know what I mean, it's number like, two once yeah, again. It's yeah. like <laughs> I need to go again, kind of thing. Right. You know, so, right, right. Uh, so it's you know, it was as I go out there, I just again, I f- kind of fell into that routine and just told myself, man, I got to get a ground ball here. And luckily, I made some pretty good pitches and ended up striking him out. That's so, so awesome. <laughs> and then uh, got the next guy out, so we get out of the inning, go back out the next inning, face the top of their lineup and Jeter and you know. Uh, He's pretty good. Uh, Bernie Williams and <laughs> yeah. those guys. Wow. So get those guys like one, two, three. And uh, the next that next half inning in the bottom of the 12th, we had a guy hit a walk-off homer. That so I got the cool. win in that game. That was probably the highlight of my career yeah. game-wise. You know. That's awesome. It's hard you, to get much bigger You know, as that. I hear you talking, <clears throat> I imagine there will be people listening to this conversation who are probably in a scenario where maybe someone comes along who's better than them. Mm. Or maybe they're called on to do something, and then suddenly, after they've had success, suddenly that opportunity just disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speak to that. What was that? What's it like to be sitting Especially on the dugout? Especially during this season, yeah, Chad, like, like yeah. during this whole. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. You're talking about my situation towards. Yeah. It. yeah I mean, it was tough. I, I mean, I was bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was. Uh, it was not easy to swallow. But then again, I had a job to do, and and. Sure. Uh, um, you know, I don't have some ultimate wisdom other than when I got an opportunity, you had I had to be ready. Be and, ready. It, you know... Um, you kept the routines going, I, I did, I the, did. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I mean, I still... I mean, I was still a good teammate. I still... I'm saying this because it's we're pretty far removed, but at the time, I mean, I was still there engaged with my teammates. And, um, right. you know, you're down the bullpen, which is a special group of guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was all good. It's just you... When you're used to being the guy... You, you want to be yeah. the guy, you yeah. know, and yeah. um, uh, so, I mean, from my perspective, you just got to always be ready. Yeah, man. That's good. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's good. I think that's important for people to hear. Yeah. Um, let, let's go back. Can we go back to like early on in your life? Sure. Did you always know that you were the guy? Did you always know that you were going to be good at baseball? 
Um, I mean, I grew up in a super small town um, out in southwest Oklahoma that, I mean, my hometown had 2,000 people in it. You know, that's smaller wow. than the high school my kids go to. Sure. You know? So um, where I'm from, you basically played every sport. Yeah. You really didn't, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, if you're a decent athlete, you don't tell the coach, oh, you know, I'm not going to play basketball. No, it doesn't really work like that. You pretty much had to play everything. Um, so, I mean, I played all sports. Yeah. I, I mean, I even played golf because a friend of mine was good at golf, and I got out of school. Sure. Like every why not? Week. Yeah. yeah why like, not? I get out on Friday. Okay, I'm in. I'm terrible at golf. Yeah. I, mean, I was then. I'm good now. But Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. But, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Let's go. But, um, <clears throat> you know, so, I mean, it's I was always good, but – when I got to college, I didn't think I'd be good enough, and I really developed later. So, I mean, it's, it's all perspective. I was good for yeah. where I was at. Yeah. I wasn't, wasn't maybe good overall. Yeah, so how, how did Wichita State, you mentioned you went to Wichita State when we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. How did they find you coming from, you know, small-town Oklahoma? Yeah. How did you get your shot? Was it your family that kind of nurtured that and brought you there? Like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, it's a different day, a different time than what it is now. So I don't know if you, you know, how many people in the, are in the baseball world, but now they got so many of these big tournaments and yeah. showcases, and it's really, it's hard not to be seen. Back then, totally different. You know, I played American Legion ball, and um, there's no showcases. There's no scouts had to actually find you. So, no social media. Yeah, you no just social, put a video up. No yeah. cell phones. Right. I mean, no right. map. You know, MapQuest or you know, whatever. So. Brain's uh, ancient. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm only 45. <laughs> yeah, only but, 45. But, um, you know, so my granddad actually came to me for like a, I can't remember if it was a birthday present or a Christmas present one year, and it was like, I found this camp at Wichita State, and I want to take you to it. And he kind of gave that to me as my gift, and that's how they first saw me. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. How old were cool. you? I think I first went there when I was maybe 14 or 15. Okay. Um, you know, and, and and even at that, I didn't really get offered much because my senior year in high school, I played basketball. We were really good at basketball. We made it pretty far. Well, back then, we didn't start baseball till the first day, right? So basketball, we didn't know that you needed to play catch for a month and a half leading up to baseball, right? So the first day, you know, I'm throwing mixed salad. You know, I'm throwing 79, 80, and uh, all the scouts are there, and I'm not throwing. I mean, I'm throwing poo up there, you know. Yeah. So it's like throwing mixed salad. <laughs> By the end of the season, you know, I'm throwing yeah, 90. Throwing it's a different up, right, animal. Right, right, right. right. So uh-huh. once you get your arm in shape. So sure. they they came back. I, did, I actually didn't even have a D1 offer. And hmm. um, I was going to go to junior college, and uh, they had a guy sign the draft in June. They come watch me play summer ball. And I threw 90 miles an hour, and they offered me a scholarship. And it was like, well, okay, I'm going to go wow. to junior college. Or when I saw that, it was like this. They had just been in the World Series. I mean, they had a really good program back then. It was a no-brainer. Yeah. Sure. So to answer your story in the long run, yeah. I went there 6'3", 180, and 14. I'd never lifted weights. I'd never been in a real throwing program. And in 12 months, I put on 40 pounds and was throwing 10 miles an hour harder. So, Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. So over 100 well, in a year. And uh, I was you know, mid to 95, 97, and another Jeez, 12 man. months a little harder. But, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah man. So I'm curious where where, and it's a little bit of a left turn, but where where did where did God show up in all yeah. this for you? You know, I mean, I grew up in what I can always refer to it as the Bible Belt. You know, down in the, in Oklahoma, we I call it the South or Southwest. You yeah. know, um, 
So, I mean, I went to church my whole life. Because everybody did, right? Yeah. You go to church. Your mom basically drags you to church. Um, I went to youth group every Wednesday night and um, never missed. But when I tell the story, I mean, I went to youth group because the girls were there and they had a basketball court. Yeah. You know, and um, (laughs) so. There are a lot of people listening right now who would agree with you. So, you know, that was my MO as a young kid. You know, looking back on it, a a lot of regret. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, things I wish I would have done differently, but it's also made me the person I am today. Um, you know, so my early on church was, I mean, it was a Methodist church, which God bless the Methodist church, but <laughs> it didn't resonate with me. No. You know, it didn't, um, I, I didn't really have a connection. I had a great youth leader. I loved the lady, yeah. was close with her, but it just never really connected. It wasn't until, you know, really end of my college career i kind of had a friend that was pouring into me and um guy you guys know r.a dickey but i don't know oh, if you yeah. know the name uh-huh. um spent a lot of time kind of pouring in me on team usa and then mm. uh I, I was in pro ball my first first year in pro ball i'd just gotten married and uh my wife kind of similar story to mine we have similar testimonies and she wanted to drag me to a, a couple study and um Ooh. You know, I was couple study. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about the couple study was it was after the day you're working out, right? So I mean, I've been on the field from say seven thirty yeah. to. I'm like, there's no way. Was it the kind of thing where you had to talk to other people about your relationship, I, or this was my first go around? I wasn't sure. <laughs> Good you Lord. know what I mean? I wasn't. I was very skeptical. <laughs> A little different sure. than a baseball team. Very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. So, but. It actually ended up being a blessing. There's a guy, actually, a guy in the big league teams with it from the big league team was there. I was in the minor leagues at the time. Okay, and he shared his testimony and just he told a story that resonated with me. And when he told, it just kind of hit home. And that was like when the fire got lit. What about his story resonated with you? You know, as a kid, especially in college, I had figured out that if I worked harder than everybody else. I had really blossomed as an athlete. I mean, I went, like I told you, I'd put on 40 pounds. I lifted weights yeah. like a madman. And yeah. I went from throwing 90 to, by that time, I was throwing 100. You know, I mean, I was, I had really blossomed physically. Yeah. So to me, it was like in my mind, it was about, you know, you put the work in, if you're a good guy, you know, those kind of things you hear all the time. He shared the testimony in Luke when Jesus was on the cross, and he said, basically, you know, the if you, we all know the story, there's two two guys hanging on the cross on both sides of him, and one of them's kind of mocking him, saying, "You know, if you're Jesus, save yourself and save us." And the other, you know, the other guy at one point in time says, "You know, I don't remember exactly how I said it. it's been so long since I've read it, but basically my interpretation is, you, know, you, you know, you should you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, uh, can you, you know, I want forgiveness in a way. He wanted mm-hmm. his forgiveness, and without hesitation, the way the guy told it was." Jesus turned and says, I'll tell you the truth, you'll be with me in paradise today. Hmm. And when he said that, I was kind of like, wait, I mean, I don't have to do like push-ups or, you know, I'd always heard about purgatory as a kid. Yeah. And, you, know, I, you huh. know, I didn't know. You know, I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. But to me, it just resonated. And that kind of yeah. was the first big spark in my life. Yeah. How did that change you in the way that you approach not just baseball, yeah. family? And- um, well, at first, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, there's like sure. a transition period. And then I started asking more questions. I started to surround myself with different people. I got involved with some friends that had, we started a ministry to kind of reach youth. And somehow that turned into like getting in the mission field. Um, it kind of just transitions from there. I don't, I can't say specifically. You dove in. Yeah. You dove all yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. I think I dove in and then, 
you know, I had some things that have happened in my life that um, really I think God tested me that I, I tell you, I've had a moment in my life where, you know, truly where my faith kicked off was actually, you know, we're sitting in this room and there's, you know, there's some interns here that kind of know some people in my family. But when my daughter was, my wife was pregnant with my daughter, Torin, uh, I was pretty new to faith. Um, hmm. And my wife traveled with me to San Diego. And uh, they usually had like one family trip a year. Your wife could fly on the plane because it's kind of hard. You know, we're flying different cities every two or three days. Mm -hmm. And if they can fly on the plane with you, it makes it much easier. We're in San Diego uh, for lunch one day before a game. And we're, my wife just starts crying. She's, she's having some womanly, you know, she's pregnant. She's pretty mm -hmm. far along at this point. So I had to rush her to the hospital. She was bleeding. And we get to the hospital and the doctor mm -hmm. told us that basically we were going to have a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I can remember crying and, you know, praying to God just like, if you, if you really are, if there's a way, you know, if you can make this work out, I'm in. And, I mean, I wasn't trying, not that it was an ultimatum. You're being That's honest. Not, yeah, You're I, being I mean, honest. I was broken. Yeah. Yeah. I was broken. Yeah. yeah. And um, that happened and that was a big moment for me. Not mm -hmm. because I think you have to have that, but that just was the way God was showing me that he was there. And you could turn to him when you needed him. Yeah, exactly. I learned to yeah. do that, that yeah. from that situation. Yeah. That, I, that was new to me, right? I'd always depend on myself. Yeah, speak to that. Like what? Like for, for some of us who are listening, and, and we don't know how to take a step towards admitting our need for God. Mm -hmm. Like what's involved in that? How do you do that? Well, I mean, I'm no pro, right? Sure. I mean, I'm just a regular guy that, that's broken and, and um, hmm. doesn't do it right all the time. But, you know, for me, it's just been... You know, I, I don't know. Ask me that a different way. Let me, let me hear yeah, that. Well, again. you're 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 somebody who um, is used to being the guy. Like yeah. you talked about that, and yeah. kind of working hard and achieving. Like, how do you get to the point of humility where you admit that you can't do it on your own, but mm -hmm. you need God, yeah. especially like, in moments of need, like yeah, you're talking about? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think for me, from my life experience, is you know, I've made a lot of money. I've done a lot of really cool things. You know, it's like, is it really about that? Mm -hmm. Is it about me accumulating all this stuff and 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 doing all these cool things, or is there something bigger? Hmm. I got to that point where it was like, you know, baseball's great and and the paychecks are great and yeah. and the things I can do are great. Yeah. But there was other stuff going on. All of a sudden, it was about you know reaching my teammates or or starting in this mission thing we do that that uh, has reached thousands of people in Cuba or, you know, uh, things like that became bigger. And it, the hardest thing for me when I retired was even support in part view, right? Like mm -hmm. it, I can't support it the same way I did when I was playing because sure. you're things not changed. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. I mean, you go yeah. from a lot to zero, yeah. you know? So um, it sounds like it's, it's just a weird dynamic. It's yeah. a weird feeling. Um, I mean, I still support part view. Just let me say that. I, yeah. I, mean, I still support the church. But it's just this not isn't this some thing. sales no, pitch, Braden. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> hey, you mentioned, you mentioned the uh, missions to Cuba. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about that a little bit? I think that would yeah. be cool for people to hear about. You know, when, um, when I was, Pretty new to faith. I'm, I had played on Team USA with Ari Dickey, and he had a, a friend. His name is Jonathan Johnson. Okay. Um, he played at Florida State. was the first round of the year. He was a year older than me. We had started. They had come to me and were like, we want to start a way to do something in the community. And originally it was going to be, we, we went to a couple of these like, I, I don't remember what they, they're like jails, but they're for youth. 
and they're like out okay. in the country, and they have like cabins. So they, instead of sending them to actual jail, they send them to like these camps. So we would go and just share our testimony, spend time with them. We'd do that every once in a while. We didn't really know. Well, to make a real long story short, uh, one of our Jonathan's dad, Reverend Johnny Johnson, had gone to Cuba for something, and in a roundabout way, ended up meeting this former player from one of their leagues over there. And it was like, well, you know, he had just come to faith in God. And it was like, well, what can we do to help you? And he was like, we just need equipment. Well, what are you ah. going to do with equipment? We're going to use baseball to reach people. Because in Cuba, baseball is everything. Yeah. So you can walk into a village. They've got, they've got a church, but it's really a home. And you can start up a baseball game. And, two, you know, the men of the town show up. So what mm, we started wow. doing was we'd start traveling and we'd, we'd show up and we got guys that could play with us. And then, you know, we'd play five innings and we'd stop the game and then we'd share our testimonies or we'd have somebody share the gospel or, you know, we'd give them equipment so they could play. So when you're they don't have balls and bats and gloves. So that was our way to pull them in. And they're using That's baseball cool. to basically grow the church because it's like Latin America. A lot of places, you know, women were really involved in the church, but not the men. So trying to get the men involved in the church was a good yeah, thing. yeah. I, I, what's so cool about that? And um, actually, before I do that, can you tell people how to get involved in that? Is there a website they can go check out? Yeah, do they uh, honoringthefather.com? Honoringthefather.com uh, um, is is a way to do that, or or um, you know, reach out to the church here. I can always yeah. you know, there's ways to make that happen. Yeah. Um, it's based out of Ocala, Florida. Okay. Um, but oh, and. Um, in Columbia, um, South Carolina, okay. is another one of our main guys is there. So yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think what's really cool about your story, like going back to your grandfather, even, mm-hmm. um, if your grandfather had an identified talent in you, and taken you to get seen by Wichita State, mm-hmm. right? You might never have met she your buddy. Wife. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. even your wife or yeah. your buddy who who poured into you and helped yeah. you find Jesus. You might never have gotten involved in building the church in Cuba. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's just pretty amazing to look back on our stories and your story to see where God's fingerprint is and all of it. I, it's just so cool. Yeah, no, my granddad was definitely instrumental in my life. Yeah. I, I grew up in, I, my mom and dad got divorced when I was one, and I, I okay. really don't know my dad to this day. Hmm. My granddad, though, his dad really stepped up. So, right. So, that's hmm. the, the point. The reason I say that is, is because you can step up into people's lives, hmm. even if you're not. And you can be instrumental in somebody's life. And my granddad was that for me, for sure. He was the father figure for me. Hmm. And that's my dad's dad. So, um, yeah. uh, but he definitely started all that. He got me there. I met my wife. And then I ended up making Team USA to meet RA, to, then to meet Reverend Johnson, to start going. I've been to Cuba maybe like 10 times now. I mean, they yeah. go every few months. Somebody's going to take equipment or what have you over there. So That's yeah. amazing. At least it's a reminder for me that no matter who you are and what you're doing, um, God is working things out, and He wants to use you in amazing yeah, ways. That's cool. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys have ever heard of Mike Bro. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, I know Mike Bro. Have you ever heard his sermon on ripples? I have not. No. It's kind of like that, right? You never know where your ripples are going. He tells yeah. it. He has a really cool sermon. I'd recommend check. I'm sure it's on a. Is podcast. it called Even Ripples? Though, I don't know what a podcast okay. is, but <laughs> Braden sure doesn't listen to podcasts, but he, he is will, enjoying he, this one. He will now, though. He will now. <laughs> he will right. Now. We'll send him. We'll send yeah. it to him. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's. That's a good idea. The ripples. You yeah. Can check that out. Thanks, man. Well, we really appreciate you hanging out with us. Oh, Brandon. man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's us. been real good talking to you, bro. That was pretty easy. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope so. <laughs> we try to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. We, we appreciate you talking to us and being so honest and telling your story. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you have a great day, man. Thanks, you guys, too. See you. Mm-hmm.
Hey guys, thanks for listening in on this conversation today with Braden. We hope you found this conversation to be enjoyable, but also inspiring. You know, at Parkview, we want everyone to know that taking a next step in our faith is possible. If you want to take a new step in your relationship with God, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with men and women who are taking next steps too, pursuing more to be like Jesus. And that's what small groups are all about. You know, if you've never been a part of one, it's a gathering of people who meet outside the church building to talk about faith in God, serve the community, but most importantly, they have fun together and they build relationships. It's a fantastic way to be encouraged to grow in your faith. And so if you're interested, you can go to parkviewchurch.com slash smallgroups, click on find a group, and one of my teammates will get back with you. Also, we'd love your feedback. You can click on write a review right there on your podcast app. Let us know what you think of the conversations we're having. Once again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.